Hey everyone, it's Lena and Megan from Enlightenedhood. Welcome to Soul Lift, where we're vulnerably sharing motherhood stories that don't fit the rhetoric we've been taught to believe. We're getting real and honoring all truths, sharing journeys from women who are using self-empowerment, mindfulness, and spirituality as a means to create their own path. Through this global anthology of mindful and spiritual motherhood stories, we hope that by giving these brave women this platform, we can heal together and all feel a little less alone. There is so much power in our story, and the more we can share and help those who come after us, what a beautiful world this can be one where we all know our own strength and beauty. So we hope you find inspiration here today and find empowerment and validation in your own truth because everyone can use a soul lift. I am Courtney Tiffany and this is my story. So I know that for you, that motherhood, it was your initiation into spirituality and your yes. awakening. So was that the recognition of truth that kind of set you on this journey? It was an accumulation, like so many things. Um, I feel like my entire life, like I've always been spiritual. I've always had that. Um, but after I had my son, I went back to work for a while and, um, then when my son was three months old, I found out I was pregnant again. Mm. So my kids were 13 months apart. Wow. And I remember just being so stressed out, like, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to like, you know, can I afford childcare for two young kids, two babies, right? Nobody in my family wanted to throw me a baby shower because I just had one. Like I mm. just had a baby and that that hurt me like so bad. And I just felt like my new baby, my second child wasn't being honored like my first one was. Mm. And I felt very much alone. And with my first child, like I went back to work and my family watched them. They each took days, uh, one day a week to like watch him and care for him, which is amazing. So I didn't have to worry about childcare. But when my second one came along, they're kind of like, okay, no, we're done. We've done this for a year. Like you're on your own. And I truly felt like I was all on my own and that was really hard. And that's kind of what like spiraled me down into like this depression that I had because I was, I would, I spent all of my days at home. Like I, I stressed about like running to the grocery store with two young kids in tow, like how I was going to tackle that. And, um, yeah, that was, it was really hard. And so I essentially, like I sought, I sought out, um, like help from a therapist, but I also started to seek out like sisterhood, like a tribe, a community of women that I could, you know, bond over this with. Mm -hmm. It ended up being more of a spiritual community that like served my own soul and like, and, but that was okay. A lot of those women were also mothers, you know, and being around supportive women who just want to like love up on you and send you good energy regardless. Like Mm -hmm. it is, it's powerful. So I went from like working, I left a job that I absolutely loved and healthcare, but, um, and then I ended up staying home with my two kids. And then it was like trying to find this routine, like this happy medium. Mm -hmm. And 
so I had a 13 month old and a newborn baby and my daughter refused to take a bottle. So I like exclusively breastfed her, which was like hard in itself because she didn't want, like she was attached to me and I to her too, but like nobody else could care for her when she was that young. Mm -hmm. And, um, she was about 10 months old and my son was almost two. And I just had like this breakdown. Like I realized I was suffering from postpartum depression. Like it hit me a lot later um, than I expected it to. Cause at first I was taking on, you know, you have like all those love hormones and everything feels good in the beginning. And then it's like, then reality sets. <laughs> like It wasn't until 10 months, like it hit me. And I was like, all I was as a mother, my days were spent changing diapers, like doing feedings, taking like nap times. And my kids were not on the same schedule. <laughs> and that was really hard. And all I knew for myself was like, I was just a mother. I didn't know who Courtney was anymore. I didn't know who I was as a person. And so I kind of like started this like whole spiritual journey, like to find myself. It was really a journey of like self-discovery. And that turned into like me stepping into my truth and reclaiming my power as a woman and as an individual. Um, so yeah, it was, I like still remember like the, my husband would come home and like, I started like, I was having like mastastis and that really hurt. And my daughter's teeth were coming in. I was just like, I didn't want to breastfeed anymore, but I didn't, I felt like I didn't have a choice because she wouldn't take a bottle. And then I was just like, I just was on the floor crying, like completely broke down. I was like, you know, I'm having these thoughts that are not normal. Like I, I need to go see somebody. And, um, so I asked my husband, I was like, listen, like, I need help. <laughs> I need help from you. I need help from our family. Like anybody, I need to go see somebody. Um, and so I found a therapist who specialized in postpartum depression and started seeing her. And, you know, she just reminded me, like, you have to fill up your own cup first before you can give to others. And it's, it's such simple advice, but like to put it into practice is like, <laughs> taking it to the next level. Right. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great reminder that I had to take care of myself. Cause as a mom, like I was, I would wake up, I, there were days when I wouldn't shower and like covered in, you know, all sorts of baby food. And, um, I wasn't taking care of myself, you know? Um, so I started implementing a, a daily practice, um, just to kind of sit in reflection or to journal, um, and really just kind of come back home to myself and figure out who I was and ask for, you know, a babysitter so I can go get a massage once in a while, I go get my hair done or whatever it was like doing those little things to, one, give me a break from the kids, right? Which is so important. Um, and then just to fill my own cup. And I was such a better mother because of it. Because I started taking care of myself. And even if it was just like a quick like little 30 minute break or something, I felt refreshed. I felt rejuvenated. I came back and I was in a happier mood and which put my family in a better mood. And um, yeah, it was this 
this beautiful reminder that it's like, yes, you have to take care of yourself first, especially as a mother, as a mom, we run around and it's like, okay, like we're doing 10 things at once, right? Like, what are we having for dinner? Okay. I got to change the baby. I got to make sure that they're fed. I got to do this and this and this and like the laundry and all this stuff. And it also taught me mindfulness and to slow down and just like be present with my kids. Like all that other stuff can wait, you know, um, we don't, I think working in healthcare gave me this view of like life and death. Like laundry is not a life or death issue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it can, it can wait. It's not a big deal. Um, what's really important is just taking care of ourselves and then in return, taking care of our families. So how did that practice and those morning rituals, how did that evolve into this spiritual awakening? So I started listening to um, a podcast called Rewilding for Women by Sabrina Lynn Dominoski, and she is amazing, phenomenal. Um, and I would listen to it while I was nursing my daughter to sleep every night. And she um, would talk about like these feminine archetypes and working with goddesses. And I was able to go on retreat with her when she was in Sedona a few years ago. And that was my first like weekend away from my, my babies. Um, so that was amazing. And it really just opened this door to like this whole spiritual aspect, reclaiming like our feminine wisdom. Like as women, we are powerhouses one not only can we create life like and carry it in our bodies right but we also have like this shakti energy this creative life force energy that we can easily tap into and we can easily create businesses create projects um yeah it was so I got into that and started working with goddesses and archetypes. And there was one in particular that was like really profound for me is when I started working with Hecate, who is um, a Greek goddess. She's a triple goddess, but she also represents the dark goddess. She represents the crown, the wise woman, the witch, um, which I'd always felt a connection to. And working with her and working with her energy, um, I remember like I was in a meditation with her and she just like, she was the one who told me essentially like, you are powerful. Like you have so much magic within you. You are capable of doing anything. And that was a game changer for me. Like just hearing this, like being reminded of it um, was empowering and phenomenal. And so I was really inspired after that. And after deepening my own like spiritual practice to create my business life in alignment and, you know, really help other women come and work with goddesses and open up to these archetypes. I, I think we all have, we're all, we're able to access each and every archetype all of the feminine archetypes already reside within us. It's just a matter if they're dormant or not. Like some, obviously we all relate to the mother archetype. Um, once we have children, like we're very much um, expressing that. 
But then we also have the warrior within us. We also have the dark goddess. We also have the wise woman, the medicine woman. And we can easily like open the doors to that and tap into that. And each archetype has all these beautiful gifts, right? To provide us. And yeah, it can be this really beautiful journey if you're open to like working with these aspects of yourself, right? And I have always been interested in like, like the Myers-Briggs, like just like self-discovery tools, like um, different ways to, you know, describe your personalities. Um, I just came through, um, just like discovered human design, which is a huge thing for me too. Um, Realizing how my energy works has been amazing. And archetypes are part of like psychology. Um, Carl Jung, who like created this whole idea of archetypes, they're just a common theme within the collective or within our psyche, right? And so awakening to the feminine ones within us and reclaiming our feminine power and our Shakti energy um, has been extremely illuminating and rewarding. What were those self-limiting beliefs that you had to let go of in order to tap into that kind of energy? I think for me, it was like, I thought that I had to struggle, (laughs) um, that nothing could be like easy. That was like one of the biggest ones. Like I felt like I had to really work hard for everything in my life. Like that's how I grew up believing. Like you had to, you know, go to college and get a good paying job. And it like, you like had to work your butt off to get anywhere. (laughs) And so to, and that's very much masculine energy, right? Like action oriented, goal oriented, um, getting things done. And then to, be to tap into the feminine side of it and to be more receptive and opening and just allowing things to flow. That was kind of a struggle, like um, surrendering to the divine, surrendering to the universe and trusting that everything was going to work out. Um, I wanted to control things and I learned very early on and even with motherhood too like (laughs) you want your kids to nap at a certain time right and it's like no they have minds of their own like they're not you cannot control them and when they're toddlers it's just like it's even harder Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so that was another thing for me too is letting go of this idea of control like that I I can't control this little human being (laughs) nor can I control any outcomes Mm -hmm. you know in my life and um just surrendering and trusting that everything was going to work out. Everything that, you know, is in my highest good will work out. And if it doesn't, then it's, it's not meant to be. And that's okay. And being okay with that and releasing that and just, you know, letting it go. Did you, as you stepped into this new version of you and you were releasing the resistance, did you find resistance from other people in your life as you were evolving? There were a few relationships in my life that I really had to reevaluate um, because I realized there was a lot of toxicity there. And um, part of it was like me wanting to try and control them and give them advice and be like, no, you need to do it this way. And the other part was just like realizing like when I was around them, like I just felt drained. Like I'm naturally like empathetic and highly sensitive and learning that about myself gave me like I was able to protect my energy and I didn't necessarily have to cut anybody out there was no resistance from other people because I I pretty much kept to myself like if people asked me about it fine you know I started talking about it but um if other people think it's weird or whatever like that that's on them (laughs) 
that has nothing to do with me, you know? So there wasn't, no, I didn't feel like there was a lot of resistance from people. My husband was always super supportive and he's just very, he's like more in his feminine than I am. And like, we joke about it sometimes because he's very like laid back, go with the flow, like super creative. <laughs> and yeah, so he's always been an amazing partner. And so that helped tremendously. What advice would you give a woman who's looking to re to reclaim that power and to step into her truth? Tune out all of the noise. I think as women, like we're always, we're seeking like sisterhood, right? And building relationships. So we always want to like ask for advice and like, oh, you go to your mom, or your sister, or your best friend, like, what should I do like with this problem? But the truth is like all of the answers reside within you. And letting go of that need to um, like seeking external validation, like that you need somebody to validate what you're doing um, or like making a choice in your life. Like when you tune inward and really connect with your soul self, like you have all of the answers and there is this peace and this calmness when you just, you're in alignment with all of that. So I would say, you know, just, there's so much noise coming at us to begin with. I mean, marketing and commercials and just like everywhere you turn, there's a screen and it's all this noise and it's just learning to tune that out and um, learning just to tap into your own inner truth and inner guidance, because that will never steer you wrong. Tell me what your current spiritual practice looks like on a daily basis. <sighs> It changes day to day, but I would say, I mean, ever since, you know, my own spiritual awakening, like my daily spiritual practice is like, it's mandatory. I, even if it's just five minutes, like I shut the door to my bedroom. Thankfully my kids, you know, they're three and four now, like I can, they can entertain themselves for a few minutes and they know like, okay, this is mommy's like meditation time. So even if I just sit like in meditation and just kind of quiet everything. Um, I like to pull Oracle cards just for some guidance for the day um, or a journal. I journal a lot, especially if there's like a problem weighing on me and I'm just kind of like, okay, or I'm stressed about something. I'm like, I just need to get all this out. Um, or even just like tapping into like earth energy. I notice a lot, um, like I can like get in my head a lot. And just I'm like, when I'm overwhelmed, I'm constantly thinking about things and one quick way to calm all that down is just to send all of that stress and that energy into the ground and just like root it has been extremely helpful. So some days, I mean, it varies. It's anywhere from like five minutes to an hour. If I can get an hour, amazing. But I mean, I don't always need that either. Some days I'm just like, okay, I just need to drop in, ask for some advice, see how this day is going to go. Just tune into the energy and tune into my own needs, physically, mentally, spiritually, um, and making sure that's all met. What advice would you give for a, a mom who says she doesn't have time for that? You know, we say we, <laughs> we, we don't have time for a lot of things, but the truth is if it's really important to us, we make time. Um, and you can easily find two, three minutes, even if it's just like on the car ride home or uh, from work or, you know, <laughs> after you go to the bathroom, like just stay there for a few minutes. It's like wherever you can find time. And it's also being aware of like, and being mindful too, practicing mindfulness and just being in the present moment. 
right? And not getting so caught up with all of the stress of the day-to-day life and all the, you know, everything that's coming at you, just being present in the moment, dropping into your body and being like, okay, what do I need right now in this moment? Like, that's just, that's a quick one, two minute practice, right? Like we can always, we can always find time. Do you have any practices that you do to bring yourself back into the present moment? I just focus on my breathing. Um, yeah, if I'm feeling really overwhelmed or like I said, just like grounding all that stress and that energy into the earth, just taking a deep breath and just like feeling your lungs expand, right? And just focusing on that easily brings me back into the present moment um, by shifting your attention, right? And just focusing on what's in front of you or even just closing your eyes and um, focusing on how your body feels like, okay, do I need to move it some more? Yeah, any of those are quick little practices to like bring me back into the present moment. This is circling back to this truth that you've stepped into now, but did you have any idea that this is what you would be doing of helping others with female archetypes? (laughs) No, I had no idea. (laughs) Three years ago, if you told me, (laughs) it's funny because when I went on retreat, like to this, with this women's group towards the end of it, I mean, I had it like, that was a spiritual awakening, like in and of itself that weekend. But towards the end of it, I I sat there and I was watching the leader and I was just like, could I do what she's doing? Could I hold space for this many women? Could I lead women in meditation? Like, it was just like this little seed had been planted. And then even after that, I was like, no, I can't do that. Like I talked myself out of it, right? (laughs) We can so easily do that to ourselves. But the more I thought about it and I tuned into my own inner truth, right? Like, it's so great that we have so many women stepping up as leaders and healers and creating businesses and, you know, teaching us Kundalini and, you know, about the divine feminine. But it's like, there's so much great information being shared. But again, it's coming back home and it's coming back to center and yourself and like, okay, what rings true for me? And so I really had to, as much as I admired her, I had to take a step back and be like, okay, how does this feel to me? How does this um, sit with me? And, and I had to do that to kind of develop my own way of, of meditating and working with goddesses and archetypes. And of course, there's always like the imposter syndrome comes up. Like, can I actually do this? Like, am I not just like, am I being a copycat? Like, who am I to teach this? Like, there's no certification, which is something my aunt still does to me. Like, are you sure you don't want to get certified as like a life coach? And I'm like, no, like, I really don't feel like I I need that. My own wisdom and my own experience alone, you know, is justification. And it's so great that we're seeing so many women really own that own their power, own their wisdom, like trust their intuition and really step into their roles as leaders. How has being on the other side of your spiritual awakening changed your perspective on you and your highest self? It sounds so cheesy, but being on the other side of a spiritual awakening, it's like that love conquers all that love unites us. Definitely not cheesy. We're, 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 
all connected. We are all on this planet at this time, like sharing stories with one another, right? And and stepping up into our power and our wisdom. And I have great hopes for the future. I'm I'm a total like idealist, but <laughs> it's when we start doing things, when we start taking care of ourselves. And again, circling back to filling up your own cup first, right? Taking care of yourself and building this foundation of self-love then you can go out and spread that love to everybody else in the world, right? And that's what makes, like, love makes the world go round. There's so many things going on, (laughs) like, politically, socially, culturally, right? And it's like, we see all of these negative aspects of it. But what's happening, like, almost like underneath all of this is like these connections being made and this, this foundation being laid for future generations. So yeah, just, I think I have great hopes, you know, that love really does conquer all. It's so true. I think when we're on that other side of it and we know that that's the highest frequency yeah. And to how much power it has when we choose that and the shifts that happen, it's mm-hmm. so true. But you don't realize that until you're in it and you see the results of that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I've I've thought about that a lot recently because it's so, I mean, like you said, going back to people having resistance and wanting to be like, I know how to help you and you should do this spiritually, but just like loving them for where they're at and not wanting to change their own soul journey, which I think is hard when we're in this place and we know how much good and how much magic and power can come from it. Oh, yeah. But also taking a step back and realizing, you know, like their time will come or, you know, if it's not meant to be for them, like yeah. having, and it's hard, especially with like ones that we love right? To like see them suffer or struggle. But it's like, okay, well, what's in their highest good? Like they have to come to it on their own and they have to work through like, you know, the universe wants to constantly test us, be like, are you sure this is what you want? And yeah, we just have to, we have to surrender and trust that it will all work out. And totally being on the other side of it, like I realized like we're all just in our own little bubbles, right? Trying to like, figure everything out. And, um, and that's great. As long as, you know, we just got to love one another. Right. We just, I also used to be like, especially to my sister, I was like, <laughs> cause I'm a big sister and <laughs> like, okay, no, you need to do this. Like I was constantly spewing advice, but now that I'm able to like take a step back and be like, okay, like you live your life. That's fine. As long as you're happy, like I'm going to love you regardless. Like it doesn't, you know, just sending unconditional love. How has empowering others through this type of work empowered you? It just reconfirms that I'm on the right path, doing the right thing. Um, Yeah, it feels good. Like, again, being able to like give someone love and support and knowing that they're stepping into their power and having their own awakening. That's like the gifts that are given back to me that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. So what's next for you? Where is this taking you? So I actually wrote two books that I'm hoping to have published later this year. Um, the first one is called journey to soul. Um, and it's essentially it's 21 lessons to help women establish a daily spiritual practice, reconnect with their intuition. And it kind of just 
gently opens the door to exploring feminine energy and Shakti and goddesses. And then the second book I have, because um, I've been working a lot with Greek goddesses, everyone always asks me, like, how do I know which goddess to work with? And the truth is, like, it is very personal. And it's just something that you have to, like, tune into. There are so many goddesses out there that explore so many different realms. And it's just which one are you being called to in that moment? Um, but for me, I've always been fascinated with Greek mythology. So I work with a lot of the Greek goddesses. So the second book I have covers the archetypes of the Greek goddesses um, and goes into and how you can work with them. And there's little rituals there. And yeah, I'm super excited. Thank you for listening to Soul Lift presented by Enlightenhood. For a complete library of mindful and spiritual motherhood stories, visit enlightenhood.com backslash soul lift or find us on Instagram at soul lift anthology. Also be sure to follow us Enlightenhood on Instagram at Enlightenhood. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.